Hey girlies, welcome to Crisis Point, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies, whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a forgotten classic, or even a problematic fave, we're going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins, and I'm the only twink who can save a culture in crisis. Joining me today is one of my dearest friends and the co-host of the now-canceled podcast, Dating Straight, which he can talk about a little bit. It's Jack Dodge. Hi, Jack. Hello. I'm sorry for laughing. Oh, I hit out one of my AirPods. Honestly, that was a twink in crisis. Um, <laughs> sorry for laughing at your intro. I'm just so floored by how fun this is. Um, <laughs> no, it's. As, I know it sounds so silly. I have, unfortunately, four years of college radio experience, which is one <laughs> step away from public radio. Right. So I definitely do my, like, spiely, like, carnival barker voice a little <laughs> bit to intro this podcast, but I was raised this way, so I cannot be held accountable for anything. Yeah. Well, as a, you know, washed up podcaster myself, I'm very proud of you. Um, very happy to be here. Um, this is actually the first podcast I have done since my cancellation. Um, now to be clear to the audience you yourself did not get canceled your podcast did and not for something cancel worthy no no we were canceled because well I guess for something cancel worthy under capitalism right which was that um we were making money but not enough not as much as like the OC girls and like Lisa Vanderpump and Sarah Silverman and the two two of the twinks from um lord of the rings doing a recap show not as much as they were making so we uh we got booted (laughs) well that i think that sucks and i do think that capitalism will come for us all one day but i don't (laughs) i don't really see the appeal of these recap shows i'll be honest even though i myself used to co-host an america's next top model (laughs) recap podcast and i do listen to like three or four bravo recap podcasts every week there's something about like the oc or the office that i'm like why would you want to listen to people talk about that yeah i mean i understand i'm a big lord of the rings fan so like when that came out that like that first episode was coming out like as we were getting rid of our show as they booted our show I was like okay this makes sense like (laughs) I you know I don't feel um any hatred or disdain um but yes for all intents and purposes and purposes um dating straight is gone it was a nice two years and but who knows maybe we'll find a new home for it or maybe I'll start a new something or other but yes I too am uh I too um, am a twinking crisis right now. You caught me like at peak crisis mode. So I'm really excited to be here. Well, I'm glad that you came to the ER today because this is a (laughs) podcast where we will treat whatever ailment you have. We might talk about Demi Lovato while doing it, which I think is distressing on many levels. But Mm -hmm. hopefully today we can make the whole episode without mentioning them at least one time but I'm also sort of in crisis today in a in a capitalist sense because I over the weekend had a terrible experience at my rock of Gibraltar Dunkin Donuts um I've been having problems with them for a long time now unfortunately but over the weekend I was served a coffee with expired milk. (gasps) I, one sip and I was like, this is, this is sour mama. This is not drinkable mama. Like that is something that only the British do. I feel like they have like sour milk and we don't do that. (laughs) It's like clotted cream, disgusting. But so I said, I texted many people. I texted like 15 people. I was like, I'm never coming back ever again. I'm done. Mm -hmm. Now today. I was waiting for... (laughs) I am drinking a strawberry coconut milk refresher from Dunkin' Donuts. Indeed. You don't trust the milk anymore? I don't trust the dairy milk, but I I came crawling (laughs) back to try this... Cocos. $3 beverage that tastes exactly like a Jolly Rancher. 
Mm. And somehow is caffeinated. Don't ask me how it is, but they said it was, and I do believe them. Mm. So I'm whipped. I'm really whipped for Duncan. Okay, good to know. Well, I I don't think I have any coffee shop crises to let you in on, but I and good good on you. Like it's a difficult slog. This is what passes <laughs> for drama in my day-to-day life. <laughs> like me in a battle with like Big Dairy and Duncan, like <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I guess I just have to appreciate while I can. Like, I'm about to move to Chicago where there is no Dunkin' Donuts, so I'm going to have to find, like, a new... Oh, my God. Are you going to have to do, like... What's that Canadian one? Oh, Caribou? No, no. It's two words, and it's... it's... Oh, Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons. Oh, yeah. I I don't know, but I actually like Tim Hortons. My dad's family's from Ohio, and Ohio is like a big Tim Hortons breeding ground, and their donuts are actually delicious. Canadians can do coffee and donuts, I feel like, pretty well. Yeah, they have maple syrup. A crucial Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I think it's time to move on to our first segment. We are going to play Go Call the Governor. So I'm going to present you with three cuss. In this? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I had to check the explicit box on Anchor every time I upload these. So you're all good. Oh, shit. There well, we go. Let's go <laughs> Just, you're going to go on like a profane tirade now. I'm excited. <laughs> all right. I'm going to present you with three cultural scenarios from recent and ancient history. And you're going to decide whether or not the governor needs to be called. Okay. There are no wrong answers but your choice is binary. So let's play. All right. I'm ready. As always, I'll start off with an easy one. Ben Platt's wig in the Dear Evan Hansen trailer. Does the governor need to be called? Literally, I have him on fucking speed dial, babes. Like, that (laughs) moment. He, who, and why? Okay. What was the thought process? How old is he now? And he's got to be- He's 27 and he's playing a 17 year old. Okay. I mean, we've seen it before. We've seen, we've seen that before, but something about him um, just doesn't read. Oh, well, well, let's talk about this. He was a high schooler in um, The Graduate. No, not The Graduate. What's that Netflix show? Oh, The Politician. The politician, yeah. What? He looked old in that too, though. I mean, and mind you, I think yeah. We there's obviously a time honored tradition of adults playing high schoolers and shit. Like even Greece, like John Travolta was like forty two yeah. in that movie. Yeah, but but I feel like with the politician, like that was the point was that it was supposed to be like mm-hmm. camp. Like this is not camp. This no. is like this is like serious business, or like they want it to be serious business. At this point, it is camp. But like, it's, it's honestly, he looks like my like 65 year old computer technology teacher in lower school (laughs) in that way. Yeah, the the wig is, I mean, beyond just the obvious discrepancy, the wig is so, it's such a tight curl. Like I saw a lot of comparisons to like Sarah Paulson's wig from American Crime Story, like the OJ trial where she has that like helmet, like that perm helmet. Yeah. And I don't under, I, he said that it was, Ben said that it was supposed to make him look younger. And that is just a crazy no. choice to me. No way. I I have met him in person before. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, in my opinion, we flirted and <laughs> I, he is very much my type. Um, however no he is not anymore (laughs) it it's an aesthetic choice that i think they would redo if they could today maybe they can sonic the hedgehog style redraw the head area or just like photoshop like a big sun hat a floppy sun hat on for the entire movie are you a big dear evan hansen head though no i don't know a single thing oh well that's not true I actually do know one of the people who played Anne Evan Hansen because okay. you know that all the Evan Hansons are dating, right? Yes, very. That is 
a little Nexium-ish to me for whatever reason, but. Yes, so one of my I love best love. friends, friends um, was Evan Hansen. Um, and then I also met Ben Platt. So I met, I've met two Evan Hansons out of four, but I've never seen it, never listened to it. Don't know what the plot is. I choose to leave that out of my life. The plot is a trip. I definitely would recommend going down that Wikipedia rabbit hole. I was shocked how many people thought it was about just some gay kid. Very yeah, much not about some gay kid. <laughs> it's, it's way <laughs> crazier than, than just a gay kid. Isn't that life? Isn't that life? All right, let's move on to the second. Oh, wait, no, you never answered. Does the, oh, wait, yes, you did. The oh, yeah, did. does need to be called on speed dial. Yeah, yeah. Okay, absolutely. You dial. <laughs> All right, your second cultural scenario. Parsley, does the governor need to be called? The governor does not need to be called. I wouldn't, um, I'm not a, ch- I'm not a parsley champion. Mm-hmm. I'm not out here campaigning for Parsley. I'm not, I don't think Parsley is going to win the primary. <laughs> um, but um, I also don't think that Parsley is like, you know, Parsley is not the Ted Cruz of garnishes. No. Parsley is a nice uh, Tulsi Gabbard. <laughs> um, like unnecessary, but always seems to be in the discourse. And um, yet, yet sometimes entertaining. So what is the Ted Cruz of garnishes to you? <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like I have an answer to this. I don't know if this is a garnish, perhaps. This isn't a garnish, but like the ingredient for me is like anise, like black licorice. Oh, yeah. It's like the Ted Cruz of like spices or like, I don't know, you know. Licorice is definitely... Black licorice especially is not a flavor that I particularly like either, though I will say Salt and Straw is doing a pretty good anise ice cream right now that is kind of tasty that I recently had. Well, I don't know. To me, maybe to other people, like Ted Cruz, to other people he might be tasty, (laughs) but not to me. (laughs) Yes, I, me, I am also a champion of the far right and black licorice. Um, For me, the worst the worst garnish the Ted Cruz of garnishes is just when they put your food on a sad big piece of lettuce <laughs> like a wet plate yeah I don't like that a at wet all plate. yeah that makes sense or like maybe like you know, like I don't know if your school did this but like in the like salad bar or, or area like they would place bowls in like beds of kale on ice yeah um and the kale, that was like before people were eating kale and we were just using it like as a structural integrity, I think, right. to like put bowls into. Like, I think that was pretty interesting. And that could be someone for sure. Definitely. I, <laughs> my issue with all those things is it's just, they're so wet. Like the ice bath somehow adds so much water to the bowl itself. Like, I, that's why I don't like, I like do not fuck with salad bars in general. Give me a pre-made salad. Like I'll even take one of those like gross, like in the plastic bowl ones out of the refrigerator. Give me that instead. Yeah, yeah, do not totally. give me a salad bar. Okay. It's, but I like, I like parsley just fine. I just, I Okay, can't. so we agree. <laughs> okay, I think we agree on this one. <laughs> All right. Third scenario, in literal breaking news, I'm going to have to read this to you three times, I think. Okay, shit. I mean, oh yeah, I can cuss. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah, you can cuss. You're going to need to. (laughs) Lindsay Lohan will star in a new romantic comedy for Netflix about a newly engaged and spoiled hotel heiress who finds herself in the care of a handsome blue-collar lodge owner and his precocious daughter after getting total amnesia in a skiing accident. Does the government need to be called? Wait, wait, wait. Just repeat the last part again. So she, she, okay, repeat the whole thing again, but let's but, but speed read. Lindsay Lohan will star in a new romantic comedy for Netflix about a newly engaged and spoiled hotel heiress who finds herself in the care of a handsome blue collar lodge owner and his precocious daughter after getting total amnesia in a skiing accident. 
Wait, okay, clar clarifying question. Can, um, <laughs> can you use it in a sentence? Um, um, is, is she engaged to the lodge owner or she's engaged to someone else and the lodge owner and her are gonna fall in love? We don't I know believe she is engaged to someone else, but she will find love with this lodge owner and get charmed by his precocious daughter because she has amnesia. <laughs> it's, it's like one step away from the princess switch. Well, I um, think that's the goal. Like Netflix yeah. <laughs> is basically the new Hallmark channel in terms of all these holiday offerings. Yeah, it's true. Because mind think... you, this is a Christmas movie. Oh, obviously. Yeah. Um, I personally think the the um I don't know if the governor's the right fit. Maybe the attorney general or, or maybe or perhaps someone needs to be prosecuted here. <laughs> Um, no cops at Pride, but um, <laughs> definitely cops at the Lindsay Lohan ski trial. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not that. Maybe like, um, maybe like a foreign ambassador. Call in the the where was she like the the Mykonos ambassador to America? Right. Call well, them in <laughs> and get she... her back there. Lindsay Lohan is essentially our generation's answer to Alexander the Great <laughs> right now in that, <laughs> no, in that she has attempted to conquer multiple spaces across the Mediterranean and the Middle East. Currently, I do think she is the queen of Dubai. That is alarmingly <laughs> her primary residence right now. The Mykonos Club is defunct, which is yeah. sad. Did you watch her show? I didn't, but I know someone who was on it. I know one of the characters. Ooh. Mike. Oh, oh Mike's that Mike's maybe the only fun one on that show. I am the only American who watched all 10 episodes of that. I do believe it's syndicated across Eastern Europe right now, but it I mean, she she just has this crazy accent. She's like yeah, doesn't she talk like like Arabic like a little bit? Yeah, she's fluent in Arabic now, but, like, the accent is very, um, like, I studied abroad in Istanbul. It's very Turkish, almost. She's like, ha, 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 I'm going to keep my eye on you. And it's, like, <laughs> not to, like, this is, mind you, her accent. This is white on white violence right now. Yeah. I cannot believe her new pivot. I'm glad she's getting back into acting, though. Yeah, this is the, this is the, like, However, I'm glad. However, this is the arc that I want for Amanda Bynes, not necessarily for Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, I, okay, I think I support that. I love Amanda Bynes. She seems like she has no interest in the spotlight, though. That's true. We're, we're going to have to settle with Lindsay and Miranda Cosgrove, I guess. <laughs> Thank God we have, like, a well-adjusted child star from that period, like, doing things. <laughs> That the thing about Lindsay is, I mean, she, gosh, she has just tried and tried to keep herself relevant throughout mm -hmm. all of this. I mean, she still has, she's doing shows. She has a major label record deal still dating back 20 years <laughs> that has just never expired, which is so crazy to me. And I mean, she just sold herself, sold herself. She just sold a picture of her as an NFT for like $750,000. No. So good for her. What? Lindsay Wilhelm is definitely the type who is weirdly very good at crypto. I feel that <laughs> in my heart. Yeah, I I also have an interest in crypto. So we are, Lindsay and I are alike, I think, in many ways. <laughs> Coinbase fam. <laughs> oh my God, what, what a mess. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. And we are back. I think it's time to get into the cultural emergency of the week. Jack, what are you bringing to the table today? Today, I am bringing pain, something that has brought me pain and suffering. Um, and I believe that I should sue for it. Um, it is, what, what did we call it? <laughs> <laughs> we, what we, I believe oh, the so. Social, the, you, you had mentioned that it was the, um, the state of Lana Del Rey in 2021. And I came into it with the um, thought of, uh, it was the social, ex the Harvard social experience right. that was Lana Del Rey. This is, is, this is a tough topic to talk about 
but I cannot think of a better person to talk about it with. I mean, just outline your experience with Lana, your history. Okay. So let me tell you. So yeah, I firstly want to say I am coming into this um, concerned, but with a lot of love. So um, because I, I, I did text you, Drew, earlier saying that I was concerned that Lana Del Rey might possibly hear this. Like, I don't think there's, that's out of the realm of possibility. Like, I feel like she's constantly lurking. Like, sometimes she, like, tweets out, like, in retaliation of, like, things that are random and small. Yeah. Um, so, firstly, if, if anyone on Lana Del Rey's team is listening to this, um, leave hello. us alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for, okay, that's that. So I began my standing. I think, honestly, she's probably the only person I've ever stand. Truly. Wow. Um, I began when I was in, I don't know, maybe eighth grade or ninth, probably eighth grade. And, you know, Born to Die, instant mm-hmm. classic. Um, honestly, put on video games the first time, didn't like it. But I wow. came back to it and I was like, wait maybe this is true and I am gay. Um, and, and then um, it very quickly developed into a hardcore standing. I know every inflection of the live performances of um, Million Dollar Man at the, in, at Amoeba. And um, my, that's a rough one to know all the inflections <laughs> for. Yeah, Oof. like I know all that. I, I walked around with, um, I would like, custom order my favorite pictures of her on phone cases um like I was deep I I have I know like all the words to most all of the unreleased collections mm-hmm. um I'm there and that, I think that's I mean until maybe last year that was a great place to be <laughs> there was a great place to be I am yeah. in a very similar boat I mean I have stand her from literally day one. I mean, not pre-Lana, like Lizzie Grant era material, but yeah. the I remember the day that video games come out came out, I was in the hole for her, like completely sold. And back when, back before Apple Music like really took over and iTunes was the big um, like platform for listening to music, they had play counts where like they would track all of your individual listens to oh, things. Yeah. Of course. Video games up until they stopped doing that was my number two most listened to song of all time. Wow. Like, wow. I feel like I should look, although I, I have a different computer now. Yeah. I don't think they do that counter anymore since they moved over to like the streaming mall. Cause that was just for like digital downloads. Like I bought, I have given Lana tens of, tens of dollars because I mean you don't make that much money off of streaming but like I yeah just in the hole for her completely <laughs> tens of dollars yeah I mean I've given her probably more than that because I've seen her in concert oh yeah several times um yeah I definitely have given her tens of streams um but now that I'm looking at my Apple Music plays it seems that I have graduated from Lana Del Rey to Charlie XCX. Which I also had a very similar journey right <laughs> around um, 2016. The Vroom Vroom EP really, kind of, I never looked back. It's but that was, that was also- to Charlie XCX pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there are a lot of us in that pipeline. Like, and to, I guess to put that in the like, chronological perspective that was right around the time honeymoon came out which mm-hmm. to me is still her worst album Flopperina. it's i there are things to like about it but it definitely feels like a b-side collection to ultra violence which conversely is my favorite one album i okay i think this is gonna ruin all of my credibility but i'm gonna say it. i'm gonna tell the truth because i can't mm-hmm. lie I don't think I've ever listened to Honeymoon all the way through. I ever. think you're okay. I think that's fine. I, I think, think that's I fine. stopped the first time and I was like, well, I don't need to. And then I don't think I ever tried to ever again. It's not a very cohesive 
album. I'm really surprised, honestly, that they released it as a full length and not just like the Paradise edition of Ultraviolence or yeah, whatever. Because so it's true. not um there's some things that are good. Like I like Salvatore. I like High by the Beach just fine. That's iconic. But the rest of it, it's a lot of um. I mean, it's kind of chemtrails over the country clubbish, and that it is sort of a lot of amorphous, yes, noodling. And I like chemtrails. Okay, yeah, we will get to that. Um, let's establish ourselves. I think I'm I'm taking over. Yeah, take you're hosting this podcast. Uh, Take the wheel. Take the wheel. Yeah. What is your? uh, I think we have to establish ourselves like as what type of stands we are. Like, what's your? what's her magnum opus to you Ooh, um i think you are probably a more intense stand than i am in that you have seen her in concert i have never had the opportunity to do that both because i'm bad at finessing pre-sales and okay i have just never been in there it's never been a right place right time thing for me i have seen her in person on the street and i did almost fall to my knees large man no, really close to my house. Oh. I live in Silver Lake, um, which is sort of like a Brooklyn-y area of LA. And I saw her walking out of a yoga studio once when I first moved out here. And I, it was, it was right when Lust for Life came out. And like, it was like God hit my head like a bell. Just cra- <laughs> like true, like I was seeing auras. I like couldn't walk straight. It was crazy. <laughs> My, her magnum opus to me is Ultraviolence, though okay. Norman fucking Rockwell is a close second. Okay. Mine is not close, and it is Norman fucking Rockwell yeah. for me. That changed, rocked my world, made me wet, oh. and... <laughs> sorry. It, no, it's true. It's true. <laughs> I mean, it is a phenomenal masterwork. And I don't think we're ever going to get something like that again. And I'm, I believe that to be true because I, I feel like we've been downhill since then. A sharp turn. For sure. Um, that really was like the last hurrah. I think, well, we just celebrated the one year anniversary of her Instagram post, her infamous Instagram post, Question for the Culture, in which she posted a <laughs> wild not oh notes up. I think it was a typewritten statement. Yes. Calling out Beyonce? any like POC pop girl that you can think of for being very sexual in for her having music. Having an ass. Yeah. Right. And like questioning why she wasn't allowed the same freedom. And it was a true like girl, no one asked moment. <laughs> yeah. And that was that, sort of the beginning of the end. That shook me when. She she just can't read the room or no. I can't decide. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that I'm trying to get at with this episode. Can she not read the room? Like, is she that ignorant? Or does she know and does she not care? I think it is a mix of both because from day one, she has been a little provocative and tone deaf in certain mm-hmm. ways. I do, I think a lot of the charges against her for glamorizing abuse and drug stuff and like, like unhealthy sexual dynamics or whatever, like, I think that's a little overblown because I think she does satirize those things quite a bit. Yeah. But she also referred to herself very early on as the gangsta Nancy Sinatra, which is something that I have never forgotten in 10 years. (laughs) Yeah, she, um... I, I completely agree. I mean, I think she's been dealt several bad hands. Like, yeah. not that she's been dealt bad hands, but like she has been the victim of criti- unfair criticism, I think, in that regard of like, yeah, that she is glamorizing, um, you know, like abuse or being a victim or things like that. But I think she did say something once, which actually I think a lot of people made fun of, but I actually thought was pretty true, which was that she was like, I'm not glamorizing these topics I'm just a glamorous person who's been through these things you know what I mean like which I think is totally legit oh absolutely I think and that's also she is above all 
a perfect writer except when she's writing notes like question for the culture that is such a good <laughs> statement and such a good lana del rayism in general mm-hmm. and i think that really summarizes her whole shtick like yeah well i mean the thing is what i also don't know is like was this here the whole time and we just aren't seeing it now because we have grown like and that we have understood life differently like for instance i'm thinking of like she was dating that cop who was on the show that live cop show like right and and like it's not like this should be a shock to us like her music oftentimes indicates her like sort of fantasies of cops or like running from the cops in their black yeah. bikini, bikini top screaming get us while we're hot like we should have seen this coming but have we just now um understood the role of a cop differently and has she not you know i definitely think that she is living in a very like david lynchian like thelma and louise version of like vigilante love cop love that kind of stuff yeah. like it, it that has no reflection on our current reality whatsoever yes. i mean she's literally just titled on chemtrails the song wild at heart which is a david lynch movie about like date both dating and running from the cops <laughs> so she's it's a it's a motif for her for sure definitely and here we are do you think the satire just isn't aging either like I think the kinds of things that she was skewering towards the beginning of her career were very like Americana tropes like on National Anthem Mm -hmm. which is a good song but sounds a little obvious like in hindsight I think we still got some of that from NFR. Yeah. I just don't think it's as direct. Like I think she is the her vibe still comes through, but it's less kitschy. The the like the way that it presents itself is less um I don't know, like she's using less of her recurring motifs of like red dress and like you know like she always I feel like she always talks about the same certain things yeah. that like sort of makes it a parody but I feel like she's doing less of that now um and NFR I think was the perfect like it was a more mature version of that but it still had that feeling where I feel like as we continue on with chemtrails and now um with blue banisters Oof. and the and the like um the other singles we are losing the um we are losing the, we're losing like the, the cleverness. Yes. I think that yes. she brought, you know? Absolutely. I Maybe she just needs to take a while to recharge because, mm-hmm. so, I mean, I guess we can just like segue into like what we thought of chemtrails. I mean, I thought, I think Chemtrails is not one of her better records, but has great moments on it. Yeah. It's more focused than something like Lust for Life or Honeymoon. Yes. It's a strong middle of the pack. Yes. Very strong middle of the pack. Maybe not what I would have wanted after a two-year gap from her, which is kind of long for her, I guess. NFR was a hard act to follow. I yeah, will say that. Definitely a hard act. Um, yeah, same. I feel the same way. I think um, I think we're straying away from just the, like, I think what made NFR really special is that the instrumentals were beautiful. Her voice was great. Yeah. But also there was, like, lines in there that would stick with you forever. Oh, yeah. I think. In Chemtrails and in... So far, Blue Bannisters, I'm not getting that. Like, I'm not getting, like, those lines that make me think or that make me want to sing them or that make me, even though I know the words, make me want to hear them again. You know what I mean? Like, I almost don't even know what she's talking about now. And a lot of them, they're just, like, run-on sentences. There's, like, stories that I don't understand. Right. I... 
a line from textbook one of the three songs that she released last week really stuck out to me it's i'm paraphrasing a little bit it's along the lines of we chanted black lives matter at the rallies and i'm like did you (laughs) like did you do that like i know you're writing about like it's a reflection of like something that happened societally but like I never really got the sense that she was living in that moment in the same way that we all were to be charitable to her. Yeah. I also think like it is strange that she wants to center that when there has been so much criticism of her for that, for dating a cop, for... For, well, the Chemtrails album cover in which she said that she was with her beautiful POC friends. (laughs) all of her the gorgeous Tatiana among others (laughs) like she keeps she puts herself in these situations like these are all very avoidable purposefully I wonder if it's like a sort of like little like self-masochistic thing where she like wants to be um criticized in a way um I don't even think for fame like I think a lot of people think it's to stay relevant I don't think that's it. I think she just wants like that attention of like discourse or or like like the like know. the look at what she's doing now kind of thing. Yeah. And she's had a very tempestuous relationship with that dynamic from day one of her career as Lana Del Rey. I mean, there was all that stuff about, oh, like, why did she ditch Lizzie Grant? Why did she get the lip injections? The SNL performance that we I think re- we rewatched that last summer to test whether or not that was, it was actually as bad as it, we remembered. It kind of is a little bit. Like, it is and it isn't. It's, and like, I, I these questions of authenticity and who, and her glamorization and her fetishization, like, they have been driving narratives throughout the past decade with her. I can't tell if what's going on now is just, like the times are running up against that strategy and clashing, like you can't really do that anymore. Or if mm-hmm. it's just feeling a little tired. Though I will say this album art, the Blue Banisters album art oh and the singles God. art definitely feels like oh a fun old school controversy for sure. <laughs> God, I can't believe I forgot about that. Like, I oh. thank God we didn't get away without speaking about that. What is going on? what is going on i have no i'm concerned i am um floored i am shocked i'm disturbed um she looks like like alien in those photos yeah it seems like she's been putting it in so many times in in pick art and exporting it re-exporting it over and over again that it's getting to be like a bit alien yeah it's definitely crunched itself out through like various filters i mean the fr- the picture in general is just she clearly is in the front seat of her toyota sienna yeah. just putting it up like this like mm, like we've all been there we've absolutely all been there but it's the fonts and the bordering to me are what really take it over the edge it's so kid picks kid picks come on and get your kid picks we also aren't pop stars like no <laughs> That's, so no, like, we're, we're not so like we have all been there however not only like not only have we not done the pix art moment but uh, even when i'm in the car in the front seat like i like i've outgrown that like i don't even post that anymore no like like she uh, i'm scared i'm i'm she uh, I'm sorry, I'm just looking at this picture right now. I know, they're distressing. Mostly <laughs> of textbook is yeah. really the one for me. That, in the, like, the, that thin, sharp font that is on textbooks specifically, it's so, like, um, <laughs> it's like a West Coast makeup shop font. Like, I don't know how to describe that any better. It's so, there's something very 2007 about it. I mean, the whole thing is that the photo, the filter, it's very photo booth. Like when you just put the timer on and just like did the like the boop, 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 boop. Like, yeah. Except she wasn't booping. She just did the same thing over and over again. (laughs) But 
I don't mind these new songs though for as like clunky as some of the lyrics are on them like I think wildflower wildfire especially is pretty good um yeah I think I'm not gonna lie I'm not the biggest like I've said I think now she's at this point, she's reached this point or she's continuing on to this point of like, she cares less about, I think the musical structure and more so about relaying the story. Right. Um, however, like, I feel like what made NFR so great is that the story was there, but the musical structure got us to understand how the story, like the beginning, exactly. middle and end. This doesn't seem to have a beginning, middle it's- and end. I saw, I um, was reading like the Stereo Gum comment section about the new songs last week and someone made the very astute observation that whereas Norman fucking Rockwell felt like chapters in a book almost, yeah. these new songs feel like just her poetry collection put to music, yes. like very exactly. free form. Um, and I like music that is freeform sometimes like I mean like I am a huge Bjork stan and I you would be hard pressed to argue that a lot of her later material especially has a lot of structure to it but there is also I mean we are pop heads at the end of the day and having those hooks and structures and chorus courses and things to center ourselves in within within a song are nice and appreciated and I don't I think chemtrails did not have a lot of like sticky choruses beyond a few songs and these don't either. Yes. So yes, maybe I'm being too critical um, in that I'm maybe I'm pigeonholing her into a pop girl, whatever state. Yeah. However, sue me. right (laughs) I think it's totally fine to be critical like of our faves obviously this is not a radical thought though it kind of is a radical thought in that last week I was looking at like the pitchfork review for the St. Vincent album they gave it a 6.7 which I think is a little low but like it's definitely not her best album and these St. Vincent stands, who I did not know existed in the first place, were like, we're going to pull a Halsey. We're going to go bomb the basement at Pitchfork. <laughs> and I thought that was Wait, so is crazy. Pitchfork like, in the basement? No, Halsey just oh. like famously said that I'm oh, going to go yes. bomb the basement that Pitchfork is based out of. And unfortunately, they are based out of One World Trade Center. So she inadvertently that. did call for a second 9 11, which is not good. And <laughs> I. I think that's, I think a fan base can properly assess an album without like making it their number one album, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, there are ebbs and flows and not every project is going to be their best project. We can own up to that. Right. I think for me, NFR is the one. I will always compare everything else to it. It's the new, it's the new classic in the same way that like, maybe Ultraviolence or Born to Die was like the old classic. We have yeah. a new standard. No, I, I I agree for that. For this like new phase of her career, that's definitely the benchmark. Um, so how do you think we can fix this? Like, <laughs> I, I know, I think, I think she just needs to take some time, recharge, like maybe find a little new inspiration somewhere and come back in two yeah. years. Yeah, I think she needs to relax a little bit. I think she's been pumping out, she's been, doing the Charlie XCX where she just like cannot stop making music. Yeah. Um, And I think she needs to, she needs to stop making music. And I also think she needs to get back with Jack Antonoff. I think they were a great pair. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think she needs to, I don't know. I think she needs to listen to music with, structure (laughs) i am also going to prescribe one more treatment that's very radical okay hear me out lana needs huh change her name back to lizzie grant no that would well that would be pretty radical lana del rey needs to date ben affleck oh you're so right she has never dated a famous person she needs to date some like 
Ben Affleck has like a very like old Hollywood, like kind of troubled yeah. superstar. Perfect her. Yes, perfect. Jayla would absolutely loan him out for like a year. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I think she maybe needs he would, to like- Maybe they would, it would be, maybe there would be a, a broken heart situation. Like yeah. where new music could come about. Maybe some like, some troubled times because at the end of the day, she's- she, like the last two albums have been cop love songs. She's never actually dated a Hollywood guy. And like, she writes so much about these like big shot, powerful men and like old Hollywood tropes, but she's never actually done it. Mm-hmm. And if not Ben Affleck, someone else, but it has to be like, like yeah. her and Leonardo DiCaprio, she's yeah. a little too old for him, but like that would yeah. be, could you, that would break the internet, like literally break the internet. But it, but it, you're exactly right because that we need someone to bring her back and ground her back in the glamour. I feel like we've left the glamour behind and we're starting to get more into like bluegrass. Yeah, <laughs> we're starting Which to is, get into like middle America. And she's definitely listening to a lot of Joni Mitchell and Joan Baez and all these and Judy Collins, all these influences from the late '60s to mid '70s that kind of dealt with these blue collar themes but that is Mm. so very much not her background and she used to do those tropes a little better like Diet Mountain Dew is kind of a silly song to listen to these days but that was to me a way better exploration of this like blue collar bluegrass shit than she's doing now absolutely I mean if we think back to NFR a lot of it is like gives this vibe of like white suburbia too which like is who she is like that she's a tulsa resident that's what yes that's what she's like made for but i think like when we start getting into the rural parts of her fantasy is when we start to lose her (laughs) like maybe she'll go work on a farm and come back with like soil on her hands and a pep in her step but i don't I don't know. I like it when see she's it. more glamorous, you know? I don't see that for her. No, I don't see that for her either. No. Um, she's up in her house in Topanga, and that's where she should be. Yeah. Not and maybe Ben Affleck could be there, too. Definitely, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Not that I'm trying to pigeonhole her. I feel like maybe that's what it comes off as. No, I but think I, I think just, that's a fair I criticism miss, to, like, stick to what you're good at. To, yeah, I miss what she yeah. used to bring to the game. And she can scope it out very well. Like, NFR is definitely, like, a, a much, like, grander album in terms of scope than any of her other work. But I think she took the wrong things from NFR and are now applying them to, like, yes. the new stuff. I completely agree. I think in many ways, Lana Del Rey, like, I shouldn't say that we'll never get another NFR. I think that's not true. I think in many ways, Lana Del Rey is like Bitcoin. So like she (laughs) has market cycles where like she goes, she really gets up there and she like everyone wants her and she's amazing. And everything she's doing is like so iconic. It's changing everything. And (laughs) and then changing lives, literally. And the gays are in this case, crypto holders. Right. And and then we get our, our cycle peak which was mm-hmm. NFR or perhaps like, I, I think we had the first, the first cycle was um, born to die. Right. Yeah. And then we came back down. We, we lost some value and then we came back up again for ultraviolet yeah. second cycle market crash, lust for life, flop, honeymoon. Oh my God. Like this is bad. Yeah. But then, once again, once more, NFR comes out. The world is shaking. Bitcoin has never been so high. Lana Del Rey has never been so respected. Um, And now I think we are reverting back to the mean um, before we perhaps even go below the, um, you know, the the fair value of Bitcoin before we once again have our next cycle. However, we have to remember in economics <laughs> that, that that cycles are they have diminishing returns right. and they generally have slower market cycles. 
So it might take longer and longer to reach another peak. And will the peak be as high? It's who's to say. Who's to say? Yeah. It, it might be higher, but but it might not be as high from the from the low. So it might yeah. not seem as remarkable. Does this all make sense? Sure. <laughs> I'm doing um <laughs> I'm taking a Coursera course on fundamental principles of microeconomics right now. So this actually is making sense to me. Um <laughs> and for my listeners who may not be so quantitatively inclined, you can go take that course on coursera.com right now so you can understand this episode. <laughs> but <sighs> I think this is a good segue into our final segment. We're going to play tear the community apart. Okay. The rules are as very she has done. Huh? As she has done. As she has done. So now you're gonna you're gonna step in her shoes for, for a day. <laughs> okay. The rules are very simple. I have picked two songs, and you're gonna tell me which one is better. Okay. Easy, easy. Are they by Lana Del Rey? Not today. Not today. Okay. I actually Lana Del Rey has not made a um an appearance in this game yet, but she will very soon. We okay. have a special edition today. You, I would consider a K-pop connoisseur. I would say I am in probably like of America. Well, I'm probably in like the 95th percentile yeah. of K-pop fans, but I'm not like the, the most, but I'm not definitely not the least. I think you're pretty close to the most. <laughs> like you're, you've definitely turned me on to some really good artists. Though today I'm pitting two titans of American cape or like American consumed K-pop against each okay. other. Blackpink. Well, wh- okay. Drag my ass, my predictable <laughs> ass. Um, okay, yeah. So you have to choose. To me, each of these songs are the best two songs from each of their respective groups, and you have to pick which one is better. Okay. As if it's your last by Blackpink. Or Girlfriend by Luna. Girlfriend, period. Wow. No question. I mean, explain yourself. That song, okay, that song never gets old. You could put that on in a club right now and it would bring the house down. Um, And people would not know what it is, but everyone would be talking about it. Like, it is the type of thing when you listen once and you're hooked. And every time you listen to it, it does not, it's not diminishing returns. It oh, is, yeah. They are not like Bitcoin. Um, well, maybe they are. Maybe I mean, Luna are. is. Like, Luna... Luna isn't even like Bitcoin. Like, they haven't even had another peak. No. Like, they had, like, one peak. So I don't even know what type of crypto that would be. Maybe, like, Doge. That might just like be regular habits. economics where things go, like, woo! <laughs> yeah. Um... But Blackpink is more of a slower burn. However, they have not reached the, the, it's not true that they have not reached the cultural impact, but they have not reached the personal impact on me. Okay, I think that's, I think that's also fair for a lot of like hardcore blinks. Like the music, does sound very similar release to release these days and mind you both of these songs were released in 2017 so Mm -hmm. it's been four years since each of these like creative apexes like i like blackpink's new music a lot more than i like luna's new music definitely but i would be a liar if i did not admit that how you like that is identical in structure and melody to kill this love and do 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 yes yes and furthermore um with with girlfriend we also get the highly underrated odd front the other version odd eye circle odd eye circle oh wait do you know odd front no i don't think so actually it's oh my god i'm a bad same song but a different instrumental um and you have to, like, you, you get a two for one in this case, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it. Luna, th- in this subgroup of Luna, it's usually 12 or 11 girls, potential, like, now that one of them has, like, anxiety and, like, never performs with them anymore. Yeah. Um, but, like, they took 
the strongest three. They oh, said, for sure. we are giving, like, we're going to make the strongest group and none of you can do anything about it. And the other girls are going to feel bad about it because they're not getting the same type of views. And they, they did it. And, and I'm, I appreciate that, you know, cutthroat attitude. It, it might be a poor strategy though to pair your three best out of 12 together um in that you know, nothing else is going to be quite as good like if they spread a little kimblet to other groups or like they put cherry <laughs> somewhere else like maybe it's maybe it would be a little bit more balanced but like i cannot argue with how good girlfriend is and honestly the song lunatic which is also from this EP might yeah. be better than Girlfriend. It just wasn't a no. single, so I don't consider it for this. It's really good. English version or Korean version? Korean version. Okay. I yeah. am I am almost never talking about an English version of a K-pop song. Yeah. Like I I I mean I'm not a big like BTS fan, but like I find their new English language stuff horribly maroon five-ish. Like when sounding yeah. I think if they were in Korean, I, I, I would not mind it as much. I have to say though, in in Lunatic, English version, there is one redeeming quality is when they spell out P-R-E-T-E-N-D to be mad. <laughs> I think that's, that's cute. I, I love that like a spelling moment. It's very like Fergalicious of them to do that. Um, yeah, exactly. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I actually, I do. Uh, Regarding the ultimate choice, I think I do disagree here. I think As If It's Your Last is maybe a top three K-pop song of the past five years. Like, yeah, unbelievable. It's so catchy. One of the few Blackpink songs with an actual chorus, too. I know. There are always instrumental breakdowns, like Lisa Shakur with one of her top voice (laughs) and top verses. Um, (laughs) The music video is so good. Like I like yeah, I like the I like the um the girlfriend music video is good too is shot mere blocks from where I am currently recording this podcast which is very fun mm-hmm. but um in the L A River <laughs> in the bed of the L A River um <laughs> if you go up there right now there is a K pop group filming down there I'm sure on any given day <laughs> okay. um but no it's they're both they're both really good songs I just I think I'm ultimately more of a blink than I am an orbit at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really in orbit anymore. Like, it's they hard to given be. me anything. Yeah, like, it's well, it's it's a job that I don't have the constitution to withstand. Anymore. The nice thing about Blackpink is that they basically invented the currently popular style of like girl group K-pop. Like, it is very like girl crush, and they were way ahead of the yeah. game on that. Whereas Luna was sort of the tail end of the like more like cutesy like bubblegum pop stuff like with Red Velvet and mm-hmm. Twice and um I can't like G Friend who just broke up like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff RIP um but now they're trying to do like the itsy it's track which really only works for itsy and even then I don't like the new itsy stuff all that much so like I don't like the new itsy stuff either. But the itsy, the new Dalla itsy Dalla. stuff feels. Oh, Dala Dala is incredible. Icy is incredible. I like point. Not Shy just fine too. That's grown on me. And their song with Sophie is awesome. They have a song with Sophie. Yeah, twenty four hours. A must oh listen. God. It's I mean like it's the only K pop song Sophie ever did, and it is very good. We have to also give a a shout out though to the. Luna YYXY Love Forever produced by Grime. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. And that is thankfully not a cherry Kim Lip Jin Soul joint. I mean, that is go on no. excellence. That is go on excellence. And she she d- is deserving. So deserving. I think about um not the rest <laughs> of the song all that much, but I do think about Grimes at the beginning saying hello all the time. <laughs> like just like <laughs> As like a little like um in the soundboard of my head, it's like one of the like MIDI buttons. <laughs> I just press and it's like boop, there it is. Let's go. <laughs> I love that. That is like great Mario Kart music. I kind of wish Grimes would do more of that because I didn't love Misanthropocene. So like this is, I liked it okay. Yeah, 
it's okay. <laughs> you know what was not okay though? This episode. Mm. This episode was excellent. What do you mean? This episode right now? Yeah, the one we're talking in right oh. now. <laughs> Is it over? I think it has to be over, yeah. Unless do you oh have any God. final words before uh we part ways? Um hmm. Okay, who do you think the Tulsi Gabbard of Garnishes is? Oh my god. Um, <laughs> like a 10th place finisher Garnish. I don't know, like a lemon wedge. A lemon wedge that has the seeds in the lemon still. And like you hit the okay. lemon and sometimes the seeds fall out. And you're like, why did and I get dry? Seed? Yeah. A dry lemon. Oh wait, I have a question for you actually, because I was going <laughs> to ask this in the main segment. And now I, I need to know the answer. What is your favorite Lana song to end on a note of positivity Oof. with her? A note of positivity. I know we were, I went a little mean, didn't I? No, it, ha- it has to be mean. I'm sorry. Or like, it, yeah. I don't think it was mean, but it has to be critical because she is in a place that, like, she needs someone to, like, step in and take the wheel, so. Right. Force trauma. Blunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think her head, like, Lindsay Lohan did on her, like, ski slow. Um, my favorite Lana Del Rey song. I would have to say that my favorite Lana Del Rey song, oof, it's really hard. It might be the greatest yeah right now i mean that was an instant classic that's, nfr too um that is the smash well there are a lot of smashes on nfr to me that is like the one i feel like when i cannot believe i'm about to say this when lana passes i think that is the song that they were going to play over her like grammys like in memorial yeah Exactly. Wow, I don't want to think about that. (laughs) Like that's that is like a generational. Oh my god, there's. I think my favorite song on NFR is probably, um, Norman Fucking Rockwell. I think it's the title track. Yeah, that's the one I quote the most. It's between the two for sure. And I like Bartender as a deep cut too, which I know is like very unpopular of me to say, but. That's incredibly unpopular. I hate that song. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I think that's it, one of her worst songs to date. Wow, that's that's wild to me. I feel like it's a really like league average Lana song that I just find myself humming and singing a lot because the melody is so like music boxy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. My I favorite Lana say... Oh wait, no, go on. One of my favorites is an unreleased one, Kill Kill. Oh, Kill Kill is incredible. That one's really good. I wonder if we're ever going to get, um, like, a big box set or whatever of unreleased material from her. Because she has entire albums worth of unreleased stuff. Like, that art is floating out in the ether. And yeah. you think, I mean, we're, next year is the 10-year anniversary of Born to Die. So, like, maybe we'll get something? I don't think so. I think she actively doesn't want to feed us that i don't know it'd be nice to like have ballerina on streaming or something though even though that yeah. song is like a little um amateur Isn't hour called for her. queen of disaster I thought. oh it is called it is called queen of disaster you're right i just always call it ballerina because it's like the one lyric yeah. i ever think about <laughs> my favorite lana song is brooklyn baby off of okay. ultra violence because i think that yeah. is like her working at the peak of her like satirical powers the melody is so good in that it's one of the few like five plus minute songs Mm -hmm. ever released that i'm like oh like this feels short yes and you know what i'm moving to brooklyn in just a couple weeks for six weeks and i'll tell you there is nothing that hits like that song in brooklyn however on the contrary west coast while you're here also hits oh absolutely that i mean also like an ultra violence smash hit classic in and also one in which she calls herself cuban in the chorus which which she does yeah she says she's crazy in cubana como yo which means like crazy in cuban like me and i'm like babe you are from lake placid <laughs> you are not cuban <laughs> She, but like, that's also, I know it's like a Scarface reference or whatever, but like, once again, she is like, sometimes the satire goes a little too like, okay, like now you're just doing it, which is not, I don't know. Yeah. Blunt force trauma. Blunt force Lana. Force <laughs> that, Lana. Might, that might have to be the title of the app, actually. 
Oh my god. Um, Jack, where can people find you on social media? Oh my god. Well, I rarely post anymore, but Mm. Enlightened King. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to um, you know, you know, be mentally well. Um so but you can find me on Instagram, Jack Dodge. You can find me on Twitter, Jack underscore Dodge underscore, kind of embarrassing. Um YouTube Jack Dodge something I don't know. I think um, if you Google Jack Dodge on YouTube, you'll find you probably. Right? Yeah, also dating straight, it's over, but it's like not official. I mean it is. For all intents and purposes, it's over, but but it might not be. So if you want a revival, come come check out my podcast where we talk <laughs> yeah, about queer dating. Hashtag save dating straight. Go back and listen to the archives. Like do your thing. Do your thing, Twitter. Um I am. I do not want to be mentally well. So please, please, please follow my frequent postings on Twitter at FKA Pigs with a Z, on Instagram at Drew Haskins with two Zs, um, and read Culture Pig, which is my weekly Substack newsletter where you can find cultural musings for me in print form, plus a very fun weekly playlist. It is free, it has a thriving community, and you can come join today whenever you're listening we jack dodge is like an old school friend of culture pig and just an old school friend this was truly like one one of the funnest episodes so far so happy to have you on thank you so much this was a blast i'm always willing to come back and talk about any emergency so (laughs) thank you the the pig pen (laughs) needs some structure so and you've provided a lot so all right bye everyone until next time bye i'm waving my microphone lol (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>